The first books ever printed, Gutenberg's Bibles, they had 42 lines per page, which coincidentally is also the answer to life, the universe and everything, as per the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Are We There Yet podcast, season 1, The COVID-19 Experience where we talk about everything going on in the coronavirus crisis. But not from the perspective you might think. We want to delve in and look at the more little things that are going on around in the world and kind of dissect them, find out some facts, and also talk to some cool people along the way who are also kind of embedded in what's happening. And we're doing kind of one guest on, one guest off. So last episode we had Joshua. So this episode you are just stuck with me and my wonderful co-host Ines. Ines, hello and welcome. Hey, Max. Thank you. How are we today? Are you excited for this episode based on last episode? Is there a lot of pressure right now? Um, there is. There is a lot of pressure. And also media is kind of my thing in terms of work, as is yours. So I think it's going to be interesting, this one. This is true. This is why we don't need guests, because like we, we both work in media and we, we deal with media and we know it pretty well. Got some cool stuff to talk about. But before we get to that, let's not get into the doom and gloom, even though I don't think we do doom and gloom that much, in all honesty. We keep it lighthearted. But sh- I know, right? So give me some good news. What's what's a good news story that you found? So in 1847, um, Native American tribes were suffering through the trade of tears, which was cruel and shameful and horrible, as we know. Um, We regret everything as humans. But when they heard about the famine that the Irish were going through at the time, they pulled together and they sent $170, which today would be about $5,000, and they sent it to Ireland. So imagine these people like, taking what they didn't have at the time in order to help someone else, right? And now, um, so Ireland has sent to the Choctaw Nation in repayment to that debt, again, which happened in 1847. They have been sending donations to the nation during this coronavirus crisis, which is affecting them very heavily. And I think that's beautiful. That is beautiful. That's history coming full circle and showing that, that people beautiful. can be good. And if you pay something, pay it back. But pay in a very back. nice way. They weren't expecting it back, obviously. They didn't have the kindness of their own hearts. But, uh, you know, Ireland has been, like, kicking ass during this, like, outbreak and everything that's been going I on. So the prime minister, he used to be a doctor and he went back on the front lines and got back into being a GP and getting involved in that. And they've just had a really good kind of community spirit as well in Ireland. So yeah, big up to, to Ireland. Yeah. Um, so I have this here, Max. Do you know how much actually the Irish helped raise for the Navajo Nation? I do not. 1.8 million. That's a lot. I know. This has to be like a huge help. Exactly. They're they're giving back in a positive way and it's not just going to help now, it's probably going to help in the future as well in mm-hmm. their economy and build and just adding a lot more to what they kind of need. So beautiful story I and, and so. I've said in previous episodes, I hope that this becomes a trend where it's not a point of pointing fingers after all of this is done, but it's more of a case of unity and I know this is a bit hippy-dippy shit of me, but like everyone coming together and unifying and like 
working together. That's what I would like to come out of this. Whether that's the case, we'll find out in other episodes. I hope so. Can you say fingers crossed? You can say fingers crossed. Literally, fingers crossed. Literally, fingers crossed. (laughs) Beautiful good news. Really appreciate it. You nailed it again. Did I? You did. Good news, Master. Over here. I'm loving this. So let's get into the crux of the show and start off with our main topic this evening. So have you been using media consumption to negate your issues of panic, stress in the world? Absolutely. With with great dedication. I think this is the time when binge watching, it wasn't a dirty word before, but it kind of was a lazy thing to do, right? What did you do this weekend? Oh, I binge watched three seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, in which case, great choice. Um, But now is the time when people really, really need to fill their time, right? So Mm. you and I are working, so we don't have long stretches of time available in the day. But for those people who unfortunately are without work at the moment, what else are you going to do? You kind of need to escape a reality that consists of literally your house. Yeah, yeah, completely. And it's, it's having that option, which is so important. And especially with the coronavirus happening now in 2020, is almost not in a good way. Good is the bad choice of words, but imagine this happening 20, 30 years ago when you didn't have access to, you know, games consoles with any game that you could download immediately if you're into that kind of thing. Um, Movie platforms where you can just stream platforms at the touch of a button. New cinema releases you can just buy for X amount of money and watch them in the comfort of your own living room. Uh, just all of that kind of stuff that allows you to kind of have that escape and have that break it's yeah it would be it would be dire in all honesty if it happened any time before yeah and i think we are about to see that this sort of reflects in how different generations um also react to this need for entertainment now so yeah interesting thing to consider actually what has been your what's like been your go-to kind of media consumption you as a person because everyone does it differently what what have you been doing has it been films tv games what's what's your jam uh not games because i have a, i have very poor hand-eye coordination and also don't know how to play anything excellent um yeah it's true i've barely played tetris that's my life um me netflix because to be honest, it, it has the easier, easiest interface. I want to p- make that point here. It's just very, very comfy. Um, especially now that they have taken off the are you still watching feature. Yes, we are still watching. Everyone's watching. Always. Mm-hmm, at all times of the day. Uh, Netflix, a lot of it. And then I think that many people will, pr- will probably, probably empathize with me in the fact that part of this entertainment consumption is not strictly media, but it's this endless scrolling we are doing. How much would it be if it was in kilometers? Many kilometers of Instagram. Good on the moon. Yeah, I've, I've really been getting annoyed with myself uh, with my phone consumption use because like, I will literally be on Instagram just looking at dogs and shit and then I'll close the app and then two seconds later I'll open it again. I'm like, new dogs? I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm sitting here just scrolling like an idiot and I could be like reading or at least watching a documentary or watching a movie or just something else instead of just going, yeah. oh, she's pretty. That dog's cute. Yeah. I want that food. Boring. But at least we have, I, I guess you're doing the same. We have this sort of um, series of standard apps. So I don't know how it is for you, but for me, the order is Instagram, Reddit, Twitter. And then if I'm desperate, Tumblr, but not enjoying it and then back to Instagram. 
yeah, I think that's sadly close to mine. I'm so we're so unique. Such Yay, unique human no beings. one is doing that. <laughs> but God bless you, Reddit. Thank you for existing. God bless. Right. Would you like to know some facts? I, w- I would love some facts, please. Shall I, shall I educate the fun? masses? Um, yes, yeah, they're kind of fun. Depends your definition of fun. Broad. <laughs> That's all I need, then. Broad fun is all I need. So I've got some facts here from how generations consume media and how everyone's been kind of approaching it differently. Now, this study was done about two weeks ago, so it might change since then. But as a recording, this is fact and this is law. Don't argue with me. So the graphics that I'm using come from the Global Web Index report that explored how people have increased their media consumption as a result of the outbreak and how that differs across generations. So when we talk about uh, the Gen Z age group, which is your 8 to 23-year-olds, your babies, your babbies, they are consuming significantly more online video content than before the corona outbreak. So they are literally all about the, the TikToks and the YouTubes. And I don't know how you feel about TikToks, but I'm I'm adamantly against it until I watch them and then I find them quite funny. Adamantly, okay. Uh, I will have to check it out. Um, I'm going to sound like an old lady now, but you I are. don't... Thank you. <laughs> I'm six months older than you, but yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't much get the point, but I guess it's very good in terms of attention span. So maybe, honestly, maybe I should try it. Actually, I take everything back. Yeah, try it. Please make one this evening. But I used to love vines. I was obsessed with vines. Vines are hilarious, and I presume it's just the same thing. But except this is more just people doing terrible dances. That's all I see on TikTok. TikTok? TikTok. (laughs) It's people doing terrible dances. People are terrible dancers. I know. Uh, But the Gen Z lot only listen to 11% of podcasts, so fuck them. Let's move on. Oh, no one's listening. Cool, cool. Terrible, guys. Very bad. Very bad. Millennials, my favorites, because that is us. The millennial age group falls between 25 to 39. Yes, people over 35, you are a millennial. I know this is a hard fact to understand, but it is true. It's okay. We're not ruining the world. Have as much avocado as you want. It's fine. (laughs) So they start consuming or are consuming, I should say, more content across several media types. So we're talking like online video, online TV, broadcast TV. It's just like when you look at the percentages, it's the same, same as like your Gen Z. So 44% focuses on online videos, 35% for music streaming, online press, online TV streaming, podcasts, broadcast TV, video games. It's that kind of spread across all of the different media forms. Why do you think that is? Why are we so capable of going to multiple different sources? Is it attention span? Hmm. It's, it, it should be longer than the TikTok intensive dedication to media. Um, but I think, I'm thinking right now as you're speaking, maybe millennials, we need more, um, how do you call it, like an outlet for escape, right? Mm. Because this is, what, what is coming is going to be our third recession. We're doing amazing in terms of recessions. We're maybe, doing great. maybe we yeah. should give up the avocado. Maybe we are to blame. Yes, yes. And also we are ruining the diamond market. I, I don't know how to break it to you, but yeah, we are fucking up there. God damn it. Here's me yeah. with all these diamonds. The only one oh, contributing. No. Mm, you're going to get ruined. Sorry. Not popular anymore. Not on. Um, so maybe we're looking for more things because 
we need to distract, we, we have a stronger need to distract ourselves. And in a sense, if you are going through platforms, like we were saying before, going through the same four apps, in a sense, you are looking for that fresh sort of entertainment high in mm. different ways. No? You, look, you are looking on Twitter, for example, and uh, essentially you could scroll forever, like Twitter doesn't end, but you don't. After a while, you get tired and you need like the fresh sense of discovery that you get on Reddit. Oh, here we are with a different type of content or you go to Instagram or you stream Netflix. So potentially we, yeah, we use more things for for the same reason that other, that other generations do. I don't know if that makes much sense, actually. It does, actually. You nailed it. And I will add on to that because uh, one of the reasons I think millennials in particular that age group kind of darts between different mediums is because we grew up with the most changing spectrum of media in the sense of every single platform that you can consume media on the millennial generation was kind of there at the forefront of learning it and kind of handling it and understanding it whereas like generations before and after were just kind of not as invested in what was happening you know the switches from how online was done and how online video came in like our generation really was the kind of forefront of that and was there when all of these changes happened with cell phones with how you consume films how you do online videos all of that stuff is pretty much in our wheelhouse so i think that's why we jump around from like we'll still watch tv and you know actual cable tv we'll still do video games because that's just something that we grew up with when it was becoming popular online videos online tv streaming live streams even online press music streaming that's all stuff that we're used to handling so we just kind of hit all of those areas because i know i do i hit all of those spectrums evenly uh, yeah, um, in a sense, you could say that we are the pioneers of the many platforms, no? Because our parents had a couple. They had TV, books, radio, um, and then the next generation kind of has it made for them. So they already have everything on offer and they just go with what's popular, but they are not discovering anything. While potentially, I don't know if I'm right, but potentially millennials were the ones that went, okay, what if we made content in this way? And what about if we tried this other thing? Yeah. Everyone who's not a millennial right now is rolling their eyes and be like, that's bullshit. But the stats don't lie, people. The stats it's, don't lie. It's true. That's what I'm saying. Uh, next on to the Gen Xs, your 40 to 54 year olds with the probably the coolest like Gen name. Like millennials that sound shit. Cool. Gen Z is kind of shit. Mm. Boomer yeah. is shit. Gen X. That just sounds mm-hmm. bad out. Mm-hmm. Do you think that might be... I'm going to be bringing this um, matter of, like all throughout this podcast. Um, in terms of literature, have you read Generation X by Douglas Kaplan? No. Illuminating. And illuminating? Yes, very. It's probably my favorite book. I've never one heard you describe a book as illuminating before. Illuminating. And I've heard you describe a lot of books. Don't, don't get me started with quotes. They are amazing. Please do. Just give me one. Just one? Yeah. Oof, oof, oof. Oof, she's going Greek again. Uh, <laughs> okay, let me think, let me think. Okay, Generation X has these... Um, so let's think about this generation and how they felt, right? With the threat of nuclear war and all those fun things. So the, it, it, it sort of establishes these concepts and it says ground zero. It's the place where you imagine yourself to be when the nuclear bomb will fall. Most commonly, a supermarket. Interesting. 
Mm-hmm. I like that quote. I like that quote yeah, a lot. There's many more. Please read it. I Just, will. Yeah, thanks. Along with the 50 others you tell me to read. Yes. You have yes. plenty of time. And you go, like, multi-platform. So. What else am I going to do? Uh, 40 to 54-year-old <laughs> Gen Xers. So they've increased their TV watching more than any other generation, but also moving more towards TV online. So online TV and streaming services. It's pretty much... Uh, that's their main focus area. A little bit uh, towards the online video stuff and online press. So, you know, still very connected and, and what's going on with phones and stuff. But it's literally broadcast TV and online streaming is their main focus. And I don't know about you. I, I don't watch kind of broadcast TV. I don't have an aerial. I don't connect to it. I don't watch BBC, Channel 4, any of that. Everything I do is uh, from a connection like online basis but my co-host my other podcast got till five cheap plug uh jesse benz he watches you know pretty much he doesn't understand why i don't have a tv license and why i don't watch bbc one to, to channel five and he just can't understand that i don't feel like i'm missing anything oh he or, likes it does he okay. he loves it we argue con- constantly about the bbc and the relevance of um broadcast tv and it's how important it is I'm very much against it, and he's very much for it. I'm for it as well. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't watch it, but I'm but for you're it. for it. I'm trying to. Before we get to boomers, I want to see who reads the most. Very nice. It is actually Gen X with 21% of their routine comes from them doing books and literature. So bless. God bless you, Gen Xers. Keep reading. Everyone else, open a book. Now it comes to our dear old boomers, uh, which is a term that's gained negative connotations recently, but sorry, it's just what you called 55 to 75-year-olds coming at you. Uh, They have changed their media consumption the least as a result of the outbreak, but uh, they literally just still watch broadcast TV, and there are very little changes here. Okay, Uh, I I have questions. Please. So if you watched X amount of TV before the lockdown, right? You're a boomer and you you had your TV watching habits or routines or whatever. And now you're locked down at home all day and you still do the same. Like you don't branch out into other possibilities. Are we saying here that boomers don't get as bored as the rest of the people? I don't know. Are they more used to boredom? Are they thinking of Maybe. the war? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think some of them are that old. Some are still in no. the 55 category. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. I mean, my parents are boomers and they were not there at the Exactly. Um, I, I think maybe, yeah, it's just not changing routine. It's very much like, well, this is kind of day-to-day. I, I, if there's not that many changes, and if you do spend, I'm not saying this for everyone, but like if you do spend a lot of time kind of indoors um, and you go out just on the weekends every now and again, then you're not really seeing a lot of difference of, of how you're kind of living your life, really. Especially for if we're talking about retired people who unfortunately don't have that kind of outlet of people or maybe the mobility to go places, you literally do just have to kind of take what you've got in your home. Um, I'm talking about the late boomers before your 55-year-olds start emailing me hate messages <laughs> talking about the the later generations um it could be a possibility it's um because the way the study was kind of conducted was just asking how are you consuming stuff since this has happened and these are just the results that have come in and a lot of people are saying it's pretty much stayed the same but 
in terms of what we've looked at here, and if you want to see the whole source of this, just search for the Global Web Index Coronavirus Research Report, April 2020, and you'll be able to see the whole statistics and breakdown that we're talking about. But the the Web Index, it found that over 80% of consumers in the US and the UK say that they're consuming more content since the outbreak with broadcast TV, online videos such as YouTube, TikTok being the primary mediums across all generations and gender. So those are your big kind of main targets. Broadcast TV, online videos are the kind of kings of what's going on. I'd, I'd love to know what people are watching. Like in terms of online videos, it's like saying I'm watching YouTube. Yes, but what? Yeah, because it um, could, could be anything. Is it, yeah, is it like recipes? Is it like those YouTubers talking about whatever it is they talk about? I don't know. I've watched some of those videos and I'm still not clear on what they are about. Yeah, I would say that's true. I would say that's fair. Except for the, have you have you discovered Max this beautiful corner of YouTube um, about book reviews? No. More specifically, book runs. It's excellent. You read a book, you hate it, you finish it, um, and then you go on YouTube and look for a rant on it, and you see some other person who has gone through your same journey, just going, guys, this is shit. It's very satisfying. Right. Well, I know what I'm doing after this. Mm-hmm. I know, I know you're doing it. So I want to quickly talk about uh, the study also focused on the how generations perceive trustworthy news sources and mm-hmm. who they kind of see as the kind of most important and what's going on. So across the board, across all generations here, consumers view the World Health Organization whoo, as the most trusted source of information for any corona-related updates. So that was kind of across the board but that's not kind of true everywhere on a regional basis though for example the u.s consumers trust who the most but uk consumers actually view their government as the most trusted news source overall oh okay i i love the faith (laughs) that's great (laughs) Uh, like we elected correctly i love Mm -hmm. that um i mean it's common sense no if if as a as a civilization we have one organization in charge of our health. It would make sense now that we are all thinking about our health nonstop um, to go trust that source. But do we know anything about social media? Because people are getting a lot of their information on social media, as we were saying uh, in the previous episode. We do, actually. Um, So of everyone surveyed, news shared on social media, um, our lovely little Gen Gen, 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 Gen Z, forgot them. Uh, only 12% of them kind of trusted news shared on social media. Millennials were the most trusting of news on social media, which breaks my heart. Yeah. 27 in- points. Um, followed by, yeah. uh, what do you call them? Gen Xers, 14. And Boomers down there were five. Good, good. I'm very happy to hear that. Um, I think it might be because as millennials, we, again, we pioneered the whole thing. So we consider it safe because we grew up with it. mm I don't know. When did you make your Facebook account? Why, um, when was that black day? 2007. Oh. Me, 2008. I was late. I was a late adopter. Uh, I'm just theorizing here. Maybe it just becomes kind of your little circle of information about the world and you stop caring about its policies um, and, and you just consider it like one of your own. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And this goes back to what I was saying on the last episode. 
fact check, fact check, fact check. Uh, Facebook is a breeding ground of hate and people pushing their own agendas, and I can't stand it. I can't even go on that website anymore because um, mm-hmm. it's just like stuff that people are retweeting and all it literally takes and, and I was doing this for a while I wasn't commenting because I'm not a keyboard asshole but I'd see people post stuff and I'd literally just do a quick search and then go oh, that's bullshit and then go about my day but like I shouldn't have gone about my day I should have said something but who wants to hassle I think at least since Cambridge Analytica people have been trying <laughs> to have say something done? have they yeah I Cambridge don't know. Analytica what came out of that well they got a fine didn't they they paid oh, like they got five dollars fine great yeah, it was about the price of a coffee, but yeah. Absolutely. It's shit. I hate it. It's shit. So shit. So shit. So bad. So bad. Um, but in terms of, you know, trusting new, new sources and finding new sources, millennials do lead in every single category of, you know, every region of news. We pretty much lead except for radio, which we're beaten by Gen Xers, but who listens to the radio? And I listen to the radio. You old woman. Every morning. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. I listen to the Today program and I love it. Listen to podcasts, they're better. I'm trying to kill radio that, over that, here. That, makes, that introduces an element of choice. When I wake up, I don't want to choose anything. I just want to press play on something that is going on without my participation. That's interesting. I like that Not take. a morning person. I could dive into that. But yeah, that that's pretty much the stats I wanted to roll through of just how people are kind of consuming media. You know, people are trying to keep abreast of what's going on with these pandemic updates but you know ultimately they're looking for escapes and they're looking for a way to switch off and Mm -hmm. just kind of cope better day to day which is what all of this media stuff is doing and it's why you're seeing such a large consumption um people are investing in new subscriptions since isolation you know almost one third of gen zers considered or have purchased netflix followed by disney plus you know disney plus came out bang at the right time really over here in the uk just when it all kicked off and i I signed up on the first day personally but i know a lot of other people did as well because i lit so at the moment i have an amazon prime disney plus and netflix subscription and yet i classify myself as oh i cut the cord from broadband tv it didn't i just paid for free packages it just had another type yeah and i have a wrestling the we networks that's four and New Japan Wrestling. So I have five subscriptions. Five? Okay. I have uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO, Spain. Um, <laughs> Did you just wink and click? I, I, yes. <laughs> I'm I not it. ashamed. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so that's three. Mm, I think I have space for a Disney Plus. You think I you think have? I'm doing that tonight. Yeah, what's going to happen? So really interesting, though, I'd like to um, stick a bit more on the topic of social media. Please do. Because it's obviously a way for us to connect, no, in this time when we desperately need it because we don't have many people around us. Um, So we look to social media for this sort of external output, external input, and, you know, other connections with people who don't live with you, which is really valid. And I would like to hear... Um, to what extent people are actually using that. I'm not using it. I'm not making like Twitter friends, kind of, but but not really. And here I would like to advance the other horrible thing. Um, Max, for the purposes of this thought experiment, can I consider Tinder a social medium? Well, yeah, of course it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tinder has opened its passport feature for free, which mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know it existed, um, but it, it does and now it's free. 
So this enables you to speak with any, anybody in the world, which is like cool at first glance, but also it makes you think, how far are people willing to go for a chat with a person they don't know? I think it's interesting that while locked inside our houses, we are looking to sort of spread even more out than the entire internet offers. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Like if you take that from from a dating website perspective, because obviously people have to rely on conversation and actually communicating, and it's not just literally like a couple of things, rile someone up, let's meet up, boom. Mm. It's yeah. you've got to kind of keep this connection for God, maybe four, six weeks, eight weeks, maybe. Or who knows how long? Who knows how long? Yeah, no, it doesn't really. It's not. Uh, would not recommend zero stars out of five. <laughs> Do you know? And aside from the dating aspect, because that is a hellhole, and I don't think anybody enjoys it. Um, aside from that, I would guess, without knowing literally anything, if you have stats, give them to me, that people are looking at least our age again, millennials. They are looking for more things to see. Like let's download the app of this uh, news source. Let's sort of look at websites I haven't looked at before. I don't know, in a, in a bid to sort of get new input. Yeah, interesting way of putting it. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. It's, you want to consume something new. You want to find new activities. Um, I know in me and my friend circle, this isn't research, but like we're very much constantly doing different things and we've got different tasks going on and everyone's trying to keep themselves busy and keep themselves motivated um and like consuming different apps that can help you learn something or teach you something or help with meditation or anything like that which is subjects we'll get into in further episodes but i think that's right i think there is a lot more consumption of entertain me any way you can please give me something yeah Yeah, i've I've seen the same, I think, in my friend group, like my friend who has never exercised, never in her life, she's exercising every day, it's scary to witness. So many of us, I think, we are reconnecting with people that we were not in touch with. So I, I am speaking again with the, the girl, now woman, who was my best friend in high school in Barcelona. And we hadn't spoken in like 11 years or 12 Mm. And now we are chatting again. It's great because we are remembering that we always made each other laugh very much and sort of we have the same sense of humor and it's sort of picking up a friendship that was neglected for a decade or more. So it would be interesting to see as well whether people are doing that. Yeah, well, I I can argue from my standpoint, it's um, I've definitely connected with a lot more friends when I was living in Canada and I, I... you know, these people are very near and dear to me. I've known them for years and years and years. Um, but life gets in the way. You, you get busy, you get doing stuff, and you don't connect as much as you want to. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been messaging those kind of friends pretty much consistently, just checking in on them. We've even played a couple of online games together and just kind of hung out and talked. And, you know, it would be literally a, hey, happy birthday, you know, once a year, happy birthday, or oh, what's going on? You talk for about an hour just over like Messenger or WhatsApp and stuff, yeah. and then that will be it for another year. But now it's pretty much consistently, which leads back to the being glued to the phones issue because yeah. there's constant messages happening. Yeah. How cool is that, though? I don't think maybe we wouldn't have gone there without this crisis. I, th- I think that's a cool thing, to be honest. I do too. I love it. I, 
But it's it's interesting all of this, and and I think another thing was a lot of people are saying that they're gonna continue consuming afterwards as well. They're, they're kind of in this mindset that they want to continue consuming media afterwards. So there's been a study that's yeah. been like, what's gonna happen after all of this? And uh, people have said like, yeah, I want to kind of continue this trend and continue consuming media. I think people have gotten comfy and they're kind of happy in in their routine maybe this is an argument for when we do our introverts versus extroverts episode coming up but I think those people who are kind of on the edge of the two um, are leaning more towards the introvert way of just like yeah it's kind of nice just to sit in and not have to make excuses not to go out and enjoy stuff but uh, it's predominantly the study we're showing males seem to be the the most uh, kind of like I don't want to go back to I want to stay in and keep consuming stuff is that right? That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because you could draw the conclusion here that even though people are locked down and we can't go to the pub and we miss it, even so, we are finding out that it's kind of cool and we're kind of loving that. I think so. It's like, I'm the same as you. Like, I miss going to the pub and I miss hanging out with people and seeing people. But it is kind of, it's kind of nice that I don't have to, like, if I'm not feeling up to it, it doesn't matter like no one's expecting anything from me at this point i can literally just sit and watch netflix all day if i wanted to we have finally found the perfect excuse for when you are called to go out but you don't really want to (laughs) do you think i can still use this in like a couple of months you're gonna phone me up like max 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 come over and i'm gonna be like oh lockdown you've like ended four months ago i was like not not where i live not where i live i recommend that you try it not with me (laughs) <laughs> because I, like, I won't fall for that. <laughs> but try it on someone else and let me know. Yeah, okay. Maybe it will work. Maybe maybe they will go, oh, yeah, you know, this introspective phase and how we are all sort of examining what's important in life. Answer is Netflix. Um, and then we'll just stay home. Exactly. So it might work. It might work. But it's it's interesting to see how it's going to progress afterwards. And I think that's what I'm most curious to see happen, like, how people are going to adjust we're seeing it in germany at the moment germany has reopened slowly and people are kind of getting back to normal a little bit but i read a story today that people are not returning back to shops you know they're still not seeing that improvement that they were hoping for because human nature as as a general thing it takes not that long for us to get into a routine and a habit And it's very hard to kind of break those habits, even if you've been doing something for so many years. So we're in week four now of staying at home, doing whatever the hell we want. Someone then says, oh, you can go out again. It'll be like, yeah, yeah, do I want to though? Bit of a hassle. We are going to be way more mindful about washing our hands, which I have to say, very disappointingly, was not always the case. Wash your hands after going to the loo. It's really important. It was always really important. But now, probably people are learning that lesson. So silver linings, I guess. <laughs> Slow silver linings. It'll be good. But yeah, it's it's all a what if at the end of the day of what's coming next. And it'll be interesting to see how media consumption works and how these companies like Netflix and Disney and Amazon, they retain people who have signed up to keep themselves entertained and how they kind of retain that because what they don't want to see is a massive drop off of people canceling subscriptions. No, they don't that's going to look horrendous so are they going to be producing more content to keep people glued how is that going to function as well 
I hope so dearly. Um, one thing though that we are not discussing here, and I think it's really important, it's depressing but important, is that the media industry is actually suffering right now. So the way that we consume media is one thing, but the ability of the people working on the other side has also been severely impaired by this. So I think we should all give a thought to that, and when we come out of this, do our best to support uh, the media. I've, I've, I'm not playing devil's advocate just for fun here. Um, it's going to be so hard, all of the guilt trips that are going to come after this outbreak. It's going to be so much of support media, support small businesses, support large businesses, support economy. It's going to bankrupt us of, of this kind of hope that the people will invest back into the economy which I'm finding the kind of most, most frustrating element that people... I, I do agree with it, but it's just like the only way that the economy can survive and people can thrive is if you go out there and it's like, well, why is that put on us? But this has always been the case, right? This, it's, it's always the, the citizen or the user being called to support in our own little ways, but then we are not seeing large-scale support from governments and, dare I say it, the United Nations. Mm -hmm. But I think that's that's pretty much all we can really say about consuming media without getting into to hypotheticals and stuff. And no matter how you consume media, it's totally fine. Whichever you know, some people don't like listening to the radio. Some people prefer listening to podcasts. Other way around. Some people don't like watching TV. Some people just prefer sitting on their phones watching YouTube. Nothing wrong with any way of your consuming media, as long as it's keeping you mentally healthy, mentally happy, and feeling good within yourself. The minute it becomes a frustration or a chore or you're no noticing yourself kind of slipping into a hole that's when you need to kind of reevaluate how you're consuming media and how it's making you feel would kind of be my last takeaway yeah absolutely i think there's a lot of pressure right now for everyone to be fully informed on the progress of the virus and societies and how everyone's reacting to it if you are very sick of hearing bad news all day every day just cut it out don't you are allowed to to not you are not in control of this no one is so it's okay to not read every little bit of bad news that comes out but still i would say that this good thing that we've discovered now we are kind of rediscovering entertainment leisure is really important and i think we, we could take a lesson here that this thing that we are enjoying now we can keep enjoying it in the future yes I think that's a lovely final thought. So that's another episode. That's uh, our talk on media consumption and what's going on. It's uh, interesting to see how each generation is taking stuff and how they kind of view it. And I think the most important takeaway is how people are going to view it afterwards. And please take away the fact that you just need to look after yourselves. And media is there to help you escape what's going on. And as Ina said, if you are looking at news constantly, it's making you sad. Just put on a cartoon, put on a stupid film, do something ridiculous. There's a lot of kind of escaper stuff out there, and that's the most key for keeping yourselves healthy. Now, on the next episode, we have a very, very, very fun episode talking about how governments have been handling the crisis and how people have been reacting. And we have two very special guests joining us on that episode. Ines, please enlighten the people. Yeah, so these guests, full disclosure, are both my friends. My friend Cal lives in New York, currently the sort of, I think, the most badly affected city in the world. And my other friend Chiara is in Italy at the moment, which, as we know, 
was kind of the source of the really, really severe alarm, like when the virus sort of traveled. Um, and we're going to be hearing from them. We are going to be hearing how people are reacting, how governments are reacting. And I think you'll love it. Yeah, they give some really fantastic insight. And it's interesting to view the different viewpoints of someone living in Italy, seeing what happened, and someone living in New York and seeing what's happened. It's an interesting take from both of them. So make sure you tune into that. To get notified of when that episode comes live, just subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasting source, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any major platform, and you'll get notified when that episode goes live. If you're enjoying what we talk about, Please leave some feedback. Also leave five stars on the old iTunes store because that helps us out greatly. And we love, uh, we love it. And we'll be back for the next episode talking about everything government. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Ines, thank you for being the partner in crime co-host that I need so badly. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thanks, Max. Always a pleasure. Thank you, everyone. And good night.